Good evening this Monday, Thursday. Once again, we bring to you a service from King of Kings uh, Chapel, and we feel, well, sanctuary, and we feel very comfortable uh, now about doing these things, and, and we want to thank Kyle for his uh, great gifts that he's using in our behalf and in everyone's behalf, and we want to thank uh, Ruth for her great gifts of singing and We've put a lot on everybody to do this, but we are very grateful for those who have participated. Now, we are going to find the readings of this service on the back of the bulletin, and you have it mailed to you. I apologize to those of you who do not have an email in the church that we can't send it to you. Just another good reason to make Jill happy and let her know what your email is. But in any case, just follow along as you would any service. It's a service of the word without communion. However, uh, this service is about communion. It's about the Eucharist. It's about the Last Supper. So let me begin with the introduction. With nightfall, our Lenten observance comes to an end. And we gather with Christians around the world to celebrate the three days of Jesus, death and resurrection at the heart of Monday Thursday liturgy is Jesus' commandment to love one another. We are called to follow Jesus. As an example, we humbly care for one another, especially the poor and the unloved. At the Lord's table, we remember Jesus' sacrifice of his life, even as we are called to offer ourselves in love for the life of the world. We will start today with the traditional confession and forgiveness. And since you are home, please do respond, and we know that you are, uh, where all the bold uh, type is, just as you would do in a service. And we will start with the confession and forgiveness, and we cross ourselves and say, it friends in Christ, in this Lenten season, we have heard our Lord's call to struggle against sin, death, and devil. And that keeps us from loving God and each other. This is a struggle to which we are called at baptism. With the community of the church, God never wearies of forgiving sin and giving the peace of reconciliation. On this night, let us confess, confess our sin against God and our neighbor and enter the celebration of the great three days, reconciled with God and one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. 
as a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority. I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, if we were here together in the congregation, one by one we would come up to the, the chancel, up to the altar, and we would ask for absolution. That will be given to us communally through this video, and each one of us on the hearing should know and understand how much God loves us and how much God forgives our sins. So you may make the sign of the cross as I give the words of absolution. O oh Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us all our sins, and we respond with amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See, on the portals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home. Come home, you who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinner, come home. Why should we tarry when Jesus is pleading, pleading for you and for me? Why should we linger and heed not his mercies, mercies for you and for me? Come home, come home, you who are weary, come home, earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinner, come home. Oh, for the wonderful love he has promised, promised for you and for me. Though we have sinned, he has mercy and pardon, pardon for you and for me. Come home, Come home, you who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinner, come home.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Holy God, source of all love, on a night of his betrayal, Jesus gave us a new commandment, to love one another as he loves us. Write this commandment in our hearts and give us the will to serve others as he was the servant of all. Your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The readings for Monday, Thursday, the first reading from Exodus, the 12th chapter. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the 10th of this month, they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at, at twilight. They may take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lentil of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over a fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it over the fire with his head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until morning. Anything that remains until morning, you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign of you on your houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it. It is a perpetual ordinance. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's psalm is Psalm 116. I will lift the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I love the Lord who has heard my voice and listened to my supplication.
for the Lord has given ear to me whenever I called. How shall I repay the Lord for all the good things God has done for me? I will lift the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all God's people. Precious in your sight, O Lord, is the death of your servants. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I'm your servant, the child of your handmaid. You have freed me from my bonds. I will offer you sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all of God's people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Here ends the psalm. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses 23 through 26. For I have received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in the remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be God. to God. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and, bound, and abounding in steadfast love. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, before the festival of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around them. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share in me, with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet, but only also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but it's entirely clean and you are clean, though not all of you. 
for he knew who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet and had put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also, to, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Now these readings, we hear them this time of year, and we hear others over and over again this time of year, and we look at them with the significance they have as our journey in faith. The three days, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter are ancient and are very core to Christianity. They are the fountain from which springs our forgiveness, life, and our salvation. From the passion and the death and the resurrection of Jesus springs the two sacraments of the church. I might say right now the Catholic Church has more sacraments, and those sacraments are now in the Lutheran Church called Keys to the Kingdom. And that, again, is another sermon. But we focus now on the two sacraments. At the beginning of the three holy days on Monday, Thursday, we enter into the life given in the Lord's Supper. And at the end of Easter, we enter into the life given in baptism. And while we are here, unable to share in the Eucharist, as we normally do on this night, we shared in the Eucharist many times before, and we will share once again many times hereafter. So we can think about those moments when we've come up to the altar and waited for our turn to receive the Holy Sacrament, the sacrament that gives us the blood and the body of Christ, the true presence. So baptism and Eucharist are inseparable. They form a divine unity in Jesus Christ within God's own economy of grace to bring us into God's own life, baptized in Christ and fed with his body and blood. Both baptism and Eucharist come out of the body of Christ like water and blood that come out of Jesus' pierced side. 
Baptism and Eucharist are sacramental expressions of the beginning and the end of human life. Baptism is the gift as received, the spirit as come, with the believer indwelling within him or her. Eucharist is a gift become incarnate in the disciples, in the flesh, in the blood of his person, who becomes him or herself incarnate from that gift. Liturgically, we use a three-year rotation in the cycle of the Gospels. We start with Matthew, and then we move to Mark, and then, of course, Luke. But during different holy, holy seasons and feasts and celebrations, we find our our Gospels readings are peppered with John. Now, John comes many uh, years after the first Gospels. And the focus of John is interesting as we look at the Last Supper because John doesn't speak about Eucharist in those words. And many people have taken that to mean that John does not concern himself with taking Eucharist. Well, that would not be true. What would be true is the assumption of Eucharist is already written in the words of John when he uses terms as dwelling in and abide in and trusting in. It's considered a spiritual theological uh, term in, in, its, in its way of understanding. Unlike the other Gospels, John gives no account of the actual baptism of Jesus, but again, it's an institution of the church held as a sacrament in all liturgical churches. And it's because John still, once again, speaks of the baptism and the spiritual indwelling of Christ as an already given understanding. But other theologians may argue with that, but we do not. In fact, the whole Gospel of John is about baptism and Eucharist. Unfortunately, we sometimes say, well, if he doesn't say it, it can't be there. But it is there. John is trying to break open and reveal the inner life of our journey in faith and what it really means to be a Christian in hope. The working of the spirit that flows from baptism and Eucharist is so intrinsic to who we are as Christians that to separate it out at any time would be not understanding the great power of those sacraments. In the rich, symbolic language of John, we repeatedly see throughout the Gospels images of water and bread. Water and wine, water and blood, and in the case of our gospel today, washing with water and eating the bread and drinking the wine. All our images that open for us in the inner life and spirituality of baptism, of Eucharist, are set there for us so that in the remembrance of Christ, in the remembrance of the Last Supper, in the remembrance of act of giving of oneself totally, giving himself to death for us, forgiving our sins, absolving us of our ways that we seem to be in bondage to. The images of the Eucharist on the Last Supper contain all those powerful imageries. As Lutherans, we believe in the real presence of Christ given in the Eucharist. The life of Christ is really given for the life of our faith. Many people say to me, well, if that's true, then why do some people just feel it's not necessary 
to have Eucharist. And why is it in sometimes in the Lutheran history that they only did Eucharist once a month or on high holy days or then they moved to once a week? Well, it's not because Luther said to do that. Luther said as many times as we can receive, and these are what we call the means of grace, our sacraments are the means of grace, as many times as we can receive the means of grace in the Eucharist, the better we are for that. Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit within us and among us, our sense of time is collapsed. When we come to a church, a liturgical church, we come into a Lutheran church, the entire service, even this sermon that I'm speaking, the entire service is moving us and funneling our consciousness, our spirit, and our hope into the Eucharist, to the true presence of Christ amongst us. So the Holy Eucharist is essential in three dimensions. It is your remembrance, remember the Lord's Supper, it is the passion and the death of Christ, and the Eucharist is an anticipation of the life we continue to participate in and live in through our faith. We have a, resur a resurrected Christ. If without a resurrected Christ, what would we really have? We would have a man that was a good guy. I was listening very intently yesterday to some tapes of C.S. Lewis when he answered, what about this Christ? And one of the things I found amazing, aside from the fact that that guy can really write and speak, was that he spoke about the language of Christ as not being like any other kind of language, of not being the language of poetry, which many people say the Gospel of John is poetic. It's not the language of poetry. It's not the language of legend, because there is no interlude toward it like we believe in this kind of mythological creature. It is not like that. It's not like we are raising up the legend of Christ. We are raising up in our Eucharist the very presence of Christ. And so Lewis says there's no language in these Gospels that reflect our, 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 our literacy that we understand now in poetry and legend and myth. So therefore, they're unique. But we knew that, didn't we? It's the same word Jesus uses when he uses the words, it is finished. He uses this over into the passion. It is ended. His ending is our beginning. It begins. He begins. He begins to live out his mission with us, dwelling in each one of us, and no one, no one is excluded. As profound as Jesus is, and he completes for us the uttermost things that we should understand. And his final words is a father speaking to the child or a mother or a grandmother or a beloved person speaking to the beloved, saying, love each other as I have loved you. Share with each other as I have shared with you. Give your life to service to each other. Find solace in the love that you give, knowing that when you do, you are abiding in me. We are not just re remembering some food given, some bread given, some wine given. We are remembering that Jesus has given his very self to us. Jesus strips himself 
and gets down on the ground and washes the feet of his disciples as an example of humility. So Christ comes to us from underneath, lifting us, buoying us up, holding us in such value that he knows he must take the next step of this death, crucifixion, and resurrection. He knows he must for us. And he's in earnest when he says, if you are not washed by me, then you have no part of me. He is giving us the washing of his love, the humility of his care, the signals that we need to learn how to care from each other, not because we're all good guys and gals, but in humility, the honor of loving and caring for each other is truly reaches the depth of every human being. There's nothing greater than knowing you truly are giving to somebody from the bottom of your heart. The Eucharist we receive is forgiveness and it's faith. It's fed through our union with Christ given to us. We are given the whole Christ from the beginning from the life that springs from his passion and death, that springs from his resurrection. The Eucharist is truly nourishment for the journey of our life in Christ. It is Jesus himself given to us through remembrance, anticipation, and presence. Jesus Christ suffered, died, and is risen. Amen. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was Ha <laughs> ha.
just as I am the love unknown has broken every barrier down now to be thine yea thine alone O Lamb of God I come I come We continue now with the prayers of intercession As Jesus calls us to love one another let us pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need. We pray for the church. Gather us together through your love. Heal any divisions holding us apart. Unite us in our common mission to be your servants in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the earth, sustain all living creatures with seasonable weather and suitable environments. Protect fragile habitats from harm. Bless farmers, ranchers, and gardeners whose labors bring food to our tables. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the nations, lead all in authority to work for peace and justice. Bring an end to oppression. Heal nations and communities torn apart by violence and fear. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those in need, fill the tables of the hungry. Comfort those who know the pain of betrayal and all who suffer from grief or illness, especially those that are in our congregation of King of Kings. Those who fear, those who suffer fear, anxiety of contracting the illness of the virus. Let us pray for those serving in the military, the doctors, nurses, first responders, and all those serving their community during this pandemic. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For King of Kings, bless those who guide us in worship and those who lead us into the world to serve in your name. Bless the volunteers and support staff of all churches. We pray for all that those who are lonely and fearful as we practice social distancing in our community. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died, especially those recently, like Marcia, like my sister, those who have succumbed to the dreadful virus. Bring us to the fullness of your promise of resurrection and eternal life in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, gracious God, we commend all for whom we pray in the name of the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. The peace.
The peace of Christ be with you always. Let us share that peace amongst each other. If you are with someone, share that peace with them now. If you are alone, as I said before, put your arms around yourself and share the peace and say, peace of God be with me always. This is a time for peace in the world to come. We pray for peace. We pray for peace for each one of you. Now, we have now our offerings of gifts and tithes. And once again, we give honor to all of you who have been sending in your tithe and your commitment to your pledges. And those of you who have been sending in monies because you want to, because you understand that during these times with the church closed, Things cannot hold the same thrust towards giving as it does when we are full. But we are full right now. So as we're talking about this, and you haven't tithed or you haven't given, and you need to really make up some time after this little service or right now, find the time to give to the church that you so love that has given to you unmeasurably in every way. I am so honored to be here amongst you, and I, I can't tell you how amazed I am of the love and the care that you have with each other. It's, it really is striking, and it's soothing to me. So with that, I thank you once again for your giving. And so let's uh, pray. Let us pray. God, our provider, you have not fed us with bread alone, but with words of grace and life. Bless us these, your gifts, which we receive from your bounty through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. Blessed are you, O God of the universe. Your mercy is everlasting, and your faithfulness endures from age to age. We remember our Lord's Passover from death to life as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Grace us with your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Send us forth, burning with justice, peace, and love. Come, Holy Spirit. We praise you, O God, blessed in holy trinity, now and forever. Amen. And now, let us pray together at home and hear the words that our Father has given us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
In the upper room, twelve men were sitting round the Lord. As he stands to share the meal, they hear him say, This is my body, which is broken for you, and for you I've known the pain. This wine you drink recalls my blood that is shed. Please don't let it be in vain. For two thousand years, believers have remembered still that the Savior died and rose and calls the day. This is my body, which is broken for you, and for you I've known the Please don't let it